Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio program. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and the title of my message today, it's not a real title, but we're going to talk about Satan's latest round of attacks. Um, I apologize. This podcast is about two days late. I was supposed to be out last week, but I didn't know what the podcast was last week, and I had all kind of stuff going on, trying to finish healing up from that foot injury, and then got hit with something else yesterday on Sunday. In fact, um, I had a word that I was given Monday to give to the church, and I had had to tell my pastor ahead of time on text that I would more than likely be having to leave the service early, and I might not even make it through worship because the pain was so bad. And I didn't. He was very merciful and had me give the word up front right after announcements. And I made it within 10 minutes of the end of our hour of worship. And I I had to go. It was that bad. And I had to come home and go to bed. So it's a little better today. But apparently I'm going to have to change everything I eat. That happens when you are in your 60s. So y'all wish me luck in that. But that's why this is so late. I'm sorry. So let's talk about what kinds of attacks Satan is launching right now because y'all need to know this. I would be willing to bet most of y'all are experiencing it. It appears to me that Satan may have ramped up his attacks again. Uh, Ray Bergman and I did a podcast not very long ago about this very subject that he had ramped up his attacks, but I see even more evidence of it right now and I wanted to put out this quick podcast and address it again. Um, I'm going to tell you the kind of attacks I'm seeing Uh, And incidentally, the word that I got for the church that the Lord gave me for the church was also about attacks coming because our church is going into revival and no move of God happens that Satan does not oppose. He's just not going to sit back and take it. So there you go. So I want y'all to think about which of these attacks you're experiencing. Okay. I am seeing serious attacks of fatigue. I don't mean the, gee, I'm tired because I worked all day fatigue. I mean the, I feel like I just ran a marathon after not sleeping for three days when I didn't. Abnormal fatigue. That level of tired is happening for no apparent reason to people. Even when they first wake up, they're just already tired. Now, that means something is amiss, y'all. And if it was just happening to one or two people, you could say, okay, it's something in their health or their diet or whatever. It's not. It is widespread in the body of Christ. I am hearing it from everybody. Everybody. Time-wasting problems. Ray Bergman just went through an extreme episode of this this weekend. I'm going through one now with an online company and another one with an online service. One of these has been a problem for eight months. I've been fighting it and not been able to get a resolution. This is not normal at all. So that's another level. Um, Sickness or pain in your body that either you cannot get a proper diagnosis for or that does not respond to any cures. Brain fog. Sometimes brain fog is related to our own habits like bad eating or you didn't get enough sleep or something like that. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes, from what I'm seeing, it is being sent to delay something you are working on. 
like a sermon that exposes Satan's methods or something like that. That did not happen on this one, but it happened on a recent one to me. Accidents, especially if you are not even accident prone. Accidents like falling down, getting injured, work accidents, losing or breaking things you own that are needed. I almost broke my eyeglasses this morning. Y'all, this is so this is so funny. I was I was wearing reading glasses and I just had my regular glasses hanging on my neckline. And I decided I needed to go lay down for a little while. You know, still trying to get well and all that. And I heard something drop, but I looked all around on the floor and I couldn't see what dropped. And I'm like, okay, it was probably a pen or something. And so I went and I laid down for a little while and then I realized I did not have my eyeglasses with me. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I dropped. And I ran back into the office and there they were right by the roller of my chair. If I had sat down in the chair and rolled, I could have broken them. That would have been a disaster because my prescription is so strong. It takes two weeks to get new ones. And that's after you get in to see the doctor. That would have been a big disaster. My foot injury was one of these accidents. It happened lightning fast, and I still cannot explain how that happened. I could not recreate that accident if I tried. That tells me it was not from me being careless or unaware. It was Satan doing what Satan does. The whole top of my foot was crushed up under a wooden rocker rail. As I was walking past it, yeah, it don't make sense to me either. And it was crushed so hard I saw stars from the pain. The whole top of it is black and blue. Financial loss. When you are doing business with reputable companies or service people and they just take your money and run and you fight and fight and cannot get it back, it's more than likely the work of Satan just outright stealing from you to your face. I keep confessing the Lord rebukes that devour for my sake because I'm a tither for over 25 years now. But it makes you feel like giving up the fight when you just can't seem to make any progress on it. So do y'all see a pattern here? Because I can see a pattern. These are issues that, number one, appear suddenly. Number two, usually come out of nowhere with no warning. Number three, they deviate from the normal progression of things. Number four, no matter how hard you fight, you cannot seem to get a resolution. Number six, in the cases I know about, including mine and my friend Ray's, they cost hundreds of personal dollars. And no, most of us are not wealthy and hundreds of dollars is a pretty hard hit for us to take. Number seven, they leave you frustrated and discouraged and feeling helpless. I hate to feel helpless, y'all. And I probably counted those wrong, but we'll just move right along. You know, decades ago, this world was not as tainted and not so bent on doing evil and laughing about it like it is now. Decades ago, this world was a better and safer place than it is now. Sin is rampant, and it is ramping up even higher. And in America especially, sin is increasing unchecked because we are under God's unfolding hand of judgment. So we can complain until the moon turns blue. But you know what? Nothing's going to get done because this is a judgment thing. And when you're under judgment, no help comes. The judgment comes. It can only get worse since he cannot answer our prayers to stop it, though we desperately wish that he could. We can pray on our personal instances, but not overall for the nation. I mean, you can pray if you want to, but I'm telling you, you're wasting your time on that one. And though we do not like to think about it, soon persecution will increase so much, it will be difficult for children of God to even survive. 
And we know this, but we also know we might not be here. All of us have sinned, and we cannot even walk without sin after we are saved because sin is inherent in our DNA. Thanks, Eve. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What we can do is do our utmost not to sin and to repent the minute we know we have and to ask forgiveness. Unbelievers see our sin as a mark that either Jesus isn't real or we are false about what we believe. But what they usually are seeing is just a Christian who has not overcome in a particular area. We all know the wages of sin. We all know what that is. The payback for sin is death in some area of our lives. If you sin by committing adultery and your spouse catches you, you probably are going to suffer the death of your marriage, right? Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you sin by stealing from your employer and they catch you, you're going to suffer the death of your job and possibly your entire career if you get a record. We all suffer temptation day by day. Even Jesus suffered temptation, but he did not sin. There was no sin DNA in him. James 1, 14 and 15, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. This is the New King James Version. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. The key to not falling to temptation lies in not entertaining the thought. This is the key to the whole thing, y'all. To begin with, nobody goes out and commits adultery that was not thinking about it first, usually for a while. You don't just wake up one day and say, oh, I think I'll go commit adultery today. No, you know, that's not the way that works. You are tempted and the desires that rise up in you plant thoughts that you then think on. Entertaining a thought means to let it stay in your mind and you think on it even for one minute is enough to start the whole process, even 10 seconds. You cannot let that thought stay even 10 seconds. you got to cast it down. And that means, nope, not going to think on it. I rebuke you, Satan, in Jesus' name. Get away from me now. I'm walking in holiness. And as you think on these sinful thoughts, you begin to imagine, to picture what it would be like. And then, pretty soon, your behavior starts climbing on board and off you go. The signs the enemy is working on the flesh of men are evident all around us. Galatians chapter 5. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And y'all, at one time, we acted like that too. Ephesians 2, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Hopefully, we have forsaken all that behavior and are now found in God's word. Psalms chapter 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. 
but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. It helps when you are going through something if you can understand what is happening and how it is happening so you can overcome it. The enemy has watched every one of us our entire lives, and believe you me, he is taking notes the whole time. And he uses those notes later to form attacks against us. That's how he knows so well what to tempt us with. He saw everything we fell for in the past. Another thing Satan will do is set up a multi-pronged attack. He will attack either in rapid succession, like a machine gun, one after another after another, or he will set you up with one attack and try to take you out with the next. Like he'll weaken you with one and then hit you with a second one. One of his favorite ways to set us up is to get us all emotional and then move in with a second hit. Think about this for a minute. Let's say that something has gone wrong in your relationship with your spouse or one of your children. You know how it breaks your heart. So there you are and you're all heartbroken and you're praying to God and you're pouring out your, your heart and, you know, something else happens and somebody else attacks you or you get a call that's, you know, some kind of temptation or something like that. You're already upset. When you're emotionally upset, you are weakened. You have to keep control of your emotions, especially going forward, y'all. Don't think the devil ain't going to use that against us because he is. So one of, the, one of his favorite ways is to set us up and get us emotional and then come back with a second hit. We're all twisted up over problem A and he brings problem B on the scene and boom, before we know it, we've fallen and we're flat on our face. Let's look at why that works so well. We need more than ever to understand how he works to set us up to tempt us, okay? And y'all don't get the wrong idea. I'm not up here fighting temptation, you know, right and left like that. When you've got 25 years in the walk, an honest walk with the Lord, you still fight temptations, but there are different kind of temptations. Like one of the big temptations I'll have is if everything is going wrong and the devil's attacking me right and left, I might have the temptation to throw something across the room. That's more like what I'll be tempted with. It's not the other things that used to tempt me. But okay, so... One of the things Satan does is he watches for the most opportune time to tempt you just like he did with Jesus. Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights up on the side of a mountain all alone. And then here comes big mouth Satan as if he didn't have enough to deal with. And that's the same thing he does to us. We get worn out doing this or doing that or, or doing ministry or dealing with family problems or whatever's going or, you know, working overtime at your job, whatever your deal is. And then he moves in with the temptation because he sees the time is right. Satan is horrible, but he's not real stupid. He's got thousands of years of experience on us. A lot of people, because they have not gone through the refining, are still experiencing a lot of testing and a lot of trials which make the call of temptation to sin that much louder because we want to run to any little bit of comfort we can find, okay? When we're worried or we're aggravated, when we're living someplace we don't want to be with people we don't really like, if we're upset, scared, angry, frustrated, or if we're just broke, busted, and disgusted, and we had to go stay with, you know, somebody in the family that we don't want to stay with for a while. You know, when Satan offers you comfort, it's that much more tempting. And let me tell you something. He don't show up with a pitchfork and a long tail with a point on the end. He shows up as a quiet, seductive voice in the form of whatever tempts you most. Whether that's a person, 
a drink, a drug, or whatever. And he plays on our emotions and on our weariness and on our tiredness. He plays on our concerns about what we know is coming and coming for us, and he magnifies our struggles. He magnifies our struggles and tries to make us think we're climbing a mountain and we're all alone. Nobody else is going through the same thing, and God said that's just a molehill. That is not a mountain. Eventually, we will face mountains if we're on earth long enough. But we need to put everything in perspective. The enemy has done this to us again and again, y'all. Me, you, everybody else that we know has gone through the same thing. He's gotten us all worked up and worried over something that wasn't even worth the time to worry over. It It was so insignificant or so unlikely to happen. And he'll have us looking at it like it's Mount Everest and it's not. He does that because he wants us to think he's king of that molehill. And that he can just wreak destruction on your life. Like a terrorist, he wants to make you fear him. Fear his power. But fear is akin to worship. So we won't be giving him any of that, will we? Satan's only real power is his power to lie to you and sell you that lie. Years ago, I think it was about the year 2000, uh, when I used to write a newsletter, I had a vision called Satan the Sin Peddler. And I can't find the details to it now, but um, I saw Satan pushing this little cart, look kind of like a wheelbarrow cart. And he had all these beautifully wrapped boxes in there. But then I saw him preparing one of the boxes, and it was something really ugly, horrible. And he just wrapped it up and dressed it up in really beautiful foil paper and ribbons and stuff like that. And then he would go to the next person, pushing his little cart, and he would try to tempt them into receiving the package, into receiving what he wanted to give them wrapped up as something else. Let's say that you're tempted with adultery. Just for an example, Satan will start telling you, oh, you deserve, you know, to, to step out on your spouse or whatever. And, and he'll go, wouldn't you, you would rather live with them. They would treat you so much better. They would have respect for you. You would have a happy life instead of this, you know, drudgery and whatever. He will sell you a bunch of garbage like that. If you are in the word, you will remember that the Lord says things like, you know, rejoice with the wife of your youth and things like that, speaking to the men. And um, that, you know, we're not supposed to do that. We don't get into adultery, that we need to stay sexually pure. If you're married, that means just being with one person, the person you married. If you're not married, it means not being with nobody. You don't have, you don't have sex outside of marriage if you are a Christian walking the right way. So he dresses sin up to look like something else to get you to receive it. That is a word for somebody. There's a woman, and God's showing me that you're being double-minded right now. Somebody is tempting you, and you're, you're kind of on the fence about, yeah, I don't know if I should or I shouldn't. You're a pretty woman. Um, I think you have blonde hair. And you're kind of thinking about doing it, but you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And part of you wants to, part of you don't want to, and you're trying to make the decision whether you're going to do that sin or not. The Lord says to tell you, that if you do that sin, if you enter into that affair, it will have deadly consequences. He is not telling me who it is that will have the deadly consequence, but it will cause 
deadly consequences, which to me tells me somebody's going to die from it. Nothing is worth that. Nothing is worth doing something that brings you a consequence you can never undo. Say no. Say no and step away from that temptation. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So because Satan is constantly trying to sell us lies and deceptions to get us into sin, we must become so familiar with the only real truth, the truth of God's word, and constantly be holding the lies up to the truth so you can tell what is real and what is right and what is true. Those who do not know the word of God and don't know the truth have no chance in this time, y'all. They will take the mark of the beast when they come out with that mark and they say, okay, we're digitizing or we've digitized everybody's money. Everything you have in the bank now is under our control. And unless you take the mark, you can't spend any of it. You can't pay your rent. You can't pay your mortgage. You can't buy food to feed your kids. And a whole bunch of people are going to line up to take that mark right then. And they're going to tell you that it's the best thing for you. They're going to tell you that it's safer and that, you know, it prevents terrorism or something crazy like that to get you to buy it. If you take that mark, you cannot repent for it. That mark is the Antichrist mark. Do you hear me? Please hear what I'm saying. Please hear me. Because if you take that, you are trading your eternity for it. You're trading your soul. And you will go to a hell where you will be handed over into the power of evil forever with no way out. There is no second chance after that. You can repent of every sin. You cannot repent of that one because that one you're choosing Satan's way over God's. And it is a, that's your final answer kind of choice. The people who take the mark of the beast will believe the lies hook, line, and sinker. Pray hard and often for your unsaved loved ones because the Lord has promised he will save all those being interceded for in this time. And he won't fail to keep that promise to us all. He is a faithful God and he will keep his word. And those children, those family members, those people that you've been praying for for years and years, decades even, they're going to come into the kingdom. You may or may not see it, but it doesn't matter because they'll be in heaven and you will see them there. That's all I have for y'all this week. I hope y'all have a really good, good week and great things happen to you. Jesus bless you. Thanks for listening. Y'all have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc., Glenda Lomax, P.O. Box 60, Glencoe, Arkansas, 72539, or by email at jphtoday at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. Have you heard? The 2016 and 2017 messages have been published in book form. Even those who do not profess a belief in God can see something is amiss in the world around us. What is coming for our world in these last days? What does the Lord want us doing while we're waiting for His glorious reappearance? Time of Reckoning and Soon It Will Be Night each contain approximately 200 prophetic messages and visions from the throne room of God telling what is coming to America and the world in these end times. 
The Lord has always warned nations when they were headed for destruction. He has always warned His own people. Are we also being warned? Get your copy of Time of Reckoning and Soon It Will Be Night. Available now on Amazon.com. Do you know someone suffering from domestic violence or another form of abuse like verbal abuse? Did you know abuse has deep spiritual roots that cause abuse to be attracted to a person throughout their lifetime? Now, the Escaping Abuse Study Guide helps you discover and remove those spiritual roots so you won't be an abuse magnet. Get the Escaping Abuse Study Guide or get one for a friend. Available now on Amazon.com. Escaping Abuse Study Guide by Glenda Lomax. Available now on Amazon.com. Sidewalk Flowers Volume 1 is a collection of 58 short inspirational readings that will uplift, comfort, and encourage readers from every walk of life. Sidewalk Flowers includes inspirational tales and topics taken from the lives of everyday people who exhibited extraordinary wisdom, kindness, and courage while traveling the sidewalks of life. Get your copy of Sidewalk Flowers Volume 1 today, available in print and new audiobook. Sidewalk Flowers Volume 1 by Glenda Lomax, available on Amazon.com, in print or new audiobook. There is no one on earth who has not been wronged at some time in their life. Everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has been hurt by someone. The pain you have suffered does not make you special. It is what you do with that pain that sets you apart. Life can make you bitter or it can make you better. You choose. The only difference between the two is the I 